You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live streamed services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. And it's always a little like that in church every year, but you're here and that's what matters. Let's get into the Word and we're going to finish our, our series today and then we'll see where it goes next Sunday, but you're not really done with this idea. It's so much in there, but let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the word that we will receive this morning. We receive it with joy. Open our hearts, Father, to find the truth beyond religion, beyond traditional thinking, and, Father, really to try to absorb into our spirit the things we've been learning for the last few weeks, God. And I give you praise and glory for everyone that's been on this journey with us. And as far as we, as we close this series this morning, we know that you will give us more to grow on, but I know that today we have a word, and we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. So we've been on this, um, the Jesus, you know, I call the series the Jesus Principle, and really life lessons to live. And I want to introduce a little bit, so I bring everybody to where we are. Of course, you can go back, and if you care to, get the podcast archives and so forth. But um, the, the important thing... The important thing to, um, hang on, I've got too many thoughts going in my hand. So, what I said, oh, Angie's like waving at me. All children's release, that's Kathy's job, I tell you, Angie. Sorry about that. The kids were about to get a really good message. Last time I put my cup up here, we lost. So we're putting it down here today. Just in case. I, you never know what the dynamic is, right? You never know what, what the dynamic is in football. Anyhow, so where are we going? So let me, let me just say a couple, you know, introduce a couple of things so we're all flowing. When you get, you know, spirituality, think about it. If the goal is heaven, it doesn't take a lot. Right, Joe? I mean, if the goal is heaven, because according to what the Bible says, anyone who believes in the name of the Lord will be saved. I mean, that's... Beyond religions and denial. I mean, you're going to get, you know, when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised all the people that you thought were sure were not going to make it. And they're going to be thinking exactly the same thing about you. Like, wow, you made it? Yeah, you did. Well, how did you make it? I don't know, man, but I made it. Here's my point about heaven heaven is taken care of in your life. Does that make sense? So, what else do we do with the rest of our lives as Christians? No, then we take really because what Jesus brought was. The life principles, in other words, not only did Jesus teach us how to get to heaven, which that's good, he was teaching us how to be humans. And in his very first disclosure, his very first message, and there's two versions, and I chose the condensed version, which is in Luke, but if you go to the book of Matthew and study exactly the same thing, you're going to find out that Matthew gave us a lot, lot more insights, and we would be here all year. I mean, really, that's not a joke. It would take you really, I, I believe, 52 Sundays back to back to just take everything from the Sermon on the Mount, especially if you take it from Matthew. 
Because Matthew, man, it just, it's, it, 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 they cover a lot of ground. And I, I have a summary of the things that Matthew um, dealt with. And I, let me put, I have this one on my phone, so let me just go with me. So to give you a summary, Luke chapter 6 is what we're, we've been studying, but it's the same thing, Matthew's version. But Matthew took three chapters, 5, 6, and 7. You know, it's pretty interesting. So when you um, start breaking them down, I'm not going to go through all of them, but if you care to study this, remember one thing. Jesus is teaching. Get this in your heart. Jesus is teaching from the Old Testament. Remember that, because that's where people get all this stuff. says, well, he said this about divorce, and he said this about that, and he said this about that. Yeah, what he was saying, he wasn't changing. He was talking from a perspective of old covenant and what he was if you really study this it's really interesting i was actually doing this yesterday i was saying lord why did you you know i was trying to figure out why would he say these things you know about lust and about divorce because what he was trying to say to the people of the law was there's more than exercises there's heart that's what he was saying so i'm not going to get bogged down on that but he covers so many things but he is addressing a lot of things from the perspective of the law so when you understand that, does, does that mean it's nullified? No, no, there's a lot of truths that come into our life, of course. So he talks about anger. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to summarize, you know, this is like in chapter 5, you know, of course, the Beatitudes, we all, you know, we talked about that, but he talks about being salt and light. This is Matthew 5. I'm just going to do a summary. Teach, teaches about the law, teaches about anger, teaches about adultery, teaches about divorce, teaches about revenge. I'm just going really fast. Teaches about loving your enemies. You notice that all those stuff that I'm telling you is earth stuff? You know, you're you're like divorce and adultery and enemies and heaven don't go together. All right, so let's keep going. Just just a little note. In chapter 6, now now he's talking about giving to the needy. He's talking about prayer and fasting. He's talking about money and possessions. I'm I'm reading Matthew's um, breakdown of the Sermon on the Mount. Then you jump to to chapter 7. That was just chapter 6. He talks about not judging others. He talks about effective prayer. He talks about the golden rule. He talks about the narrow gate. He talks about the tree and its fruit. He talks about true disciples. He talks about building a solid foundation. And that's where we are this morning. So Matthew covers all these areas. Now Luke was a little more condensed, right? But what I want to talk to you this morning, because it's really important, is about this one point, about the right foundation. So let's go to the scripture that is quoted, and I'm just going to read it um, from Luke's perspective, go ahead, Archie. So in Luke chapter 6, and it's, I'm not going to break down the chapter and verse, just go with me. New Living Translation. Jesus is summarizing, and this is actually the end. Of, if, if you read both disclosure, I mean both versions, Luke's version, Matthew's version, they, all, they, they both end at the same place. And they both end with this important idea about foundations. And, it, and it's interesting to me that he would end with the foundations where you would think he would have started with foundations, right? Because that's how you build a house. <laughs> Amen. So... He, he's, he's closing it, and this, as I was working on this one point, it just seemed like it became so very relevant in today's age. And, and let's read into it. So Jesus is basically, you know, closing his, his Sermon on the Mount, and he talks about, a, you know, a, a couple things there. But he comes here, he says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So there are three things here that we, you know, later on, just keep in mind. It's you come to him, you listen, and you follow it. All right? There's, there's three aspects to this. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays foundations on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. 
But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into heap of ruins. I want to talk, you know, this morning we really want to talk about foundations because nothing matters. It really doesn't matter what's on top if what's on the bottom doesn't work. And I think in, in kind of this pursuit of the Jesus principle and kind of this pursuit of Jesus, really, what is this thing about? One of the things that's, that's been in, in, if I can say it in my face, pretty much since the beginning of the ministry, because I came with this. One of the things I couldn't stand about, it, about ministry, one thing I couldn't stand about preachers, and I'll be honest, now that I'm one, maybe you're saying, well, I can't stand that about you, that's fine, was phoniness. It was just, I just, it was hard for me to digest it, you know. So, you know, you, you start looking at, at a lot of the, the Christian stuff, and I'm not talking about phony preachers, I'm just talking a lot of the, <laughs> the fluff that is being added to Christianity and the programs and everything, and, and if we're not careful, we're, we're going to mess up the foundations, all right? Now, let me give you another scripture, and then I'm going to just, just introduce a few points. In, in the book of Psalms, it says, let me, Psalm 11.3, it says, If the foundations are destroyed, pay attention to this, because it's, what can the righteous do? That's a simple question. If the foundations are destroyed, what can righteousness do? And it's interesting because, you know, we understand what righteousness is. We understand what justice is. We claim to be the righteous of God in Christ, and it's, yes, we are. But it's interesting that this little simple statement kind of brings things to me in my sense because you can be all the righteous you think you are, and you can have a, a good revelation of righteousness, not an not a incorrect revelation, something somebody taught you this thing right. But what happens, the foundations of everything else that you know are wrong. Amen? One of the hardest things any human being can come to, especially... You know, even at my age, you look back at, you know, you're, you know the, I'm 55, you know, I don't feel old, I don't actually feel better than I've been feeling lately, you know, last few years, but my point is, you look back at life, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you, because this is something, as a pastor, I need to address, first of all, in my life, and secondary, anybody that cares to listen to me. I can go back, and I've been wanting to have this conversation with H a long time, but he's so busy. You know, you, 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 you pick up things. I don't care what camp you're in. You can be in Baptist church, Word of Faith, Catholic church. I don't care. And if you're not careful, even in our camp, you begin to pick up things, and you say that's the way it is. But as you get depth, as you get understanding, and, and you begin to say, you know, th- that's not necessarily right. I mean, maybe I have deeper revelation. Maybe I had a, a superficial understanding of Scripture. Does that make sense? And then you get a deeper understanding. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I had a, a wrong context or wrong concept of something. So one of the hardest things a human can do is to recognize and correct. That's a hard thing for a human because we are set in our ways like this is the way it is. I've been doing it this way for 30 years, and that's, and wait, that, that's why things fail. Because if, you know, I was telling somebody about motorcycle, you know, riding, and, 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 and Freddie will relate and H will relate and anybody else who rides motorcycles will relate if you're any good at riding motorcycles. And I've ridden with a lot of idiots, and, and I don't like to ride with idiots, so I'd rather ride by myself because they'll cause an accident and they'll injure somebody or they'll injure you. So when you're, I, actually, I don't even like to ride except like maybe two people, three more at the most. But when you're like in a, like, you, you know, we, we did age like 10 or 15 people and you got to stack them and, and then you got people that don't know what they're doing. And we had parked and some guys, and I, one guy that was really being an idiot, and I didn't say he was an idiot, but everybody was worried he was an idiot. <laughs> he said, well, I've been riding for 20 years. 
And I didn't say it because, you know, they're ministers. You don't want to hurt their feelings. And inside I thought, you have one year of experience 20 times. You don't have 20 years of experience. Does that make sense? You have one year of experience, and, you, and, you, and it was wrong, and you just repeated that behavior for 20 years, and you're still not a good motorcycle rider because you're going to cause an accident. And my, my point of that is, we, in our life, we do these things. We, we say, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. That doesn't, make it, that doesn't mean nothing. What if 30 years you've been wrong? So we have to really look at this thing of the idea of foundations because he's saying, we, can, we, we are walking in righteousness. I believe I walk in the righteousness of God every day in my life. Say amen. You need to believe that because that dirty, filthy devil out there, he knows what's up, and if you don't believe that, he's going to knock your head off because that's like the number one defense against Satan is understanding your position in Christ. Amen. amen? But if our foundations aren't solid as a believer, not and, and here's the thing that pastors they say, well, that's pastor's job. No, 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 it's not pastor's job because if pastor is teaching you wrong, and you just take everything that pastor says as truth, then guess what? Now, pastor's wrong, now you're wrong. Guys, come on, wake up. You need to take responsibility over your spiritual life. Because all, my, all, I, all I do, and, I, and trust me, I, do a, I work very hard to give you what I believe is context and correct. But I do see, you know, if I'm not careful, I've got to make sure, okay, am I teaching something based on a foundation that wasn't completely correct, or am I teaching something on the foundation of Christ? And that is interesting because this is really where it begins to open up. Because the attacks on the foundations are very obvious right now. Let, let's, um, if you don't see it, <coughs> excuse me, I want to help you see it. Think about, and again, no, no political statement here, but I just want you to think about it. It's not about what political party you line up, nothing. But it does, it does have to do with being an American. Think about what is the foundation, if I say, what is the foundation of being an American? What, what, what does that even mean? Why are thousands and thousands of people, right now it's from all over the world, and if this guy doesn't close the door, boy, we're going to get slammed pretty soon. They're coming from all over the world to America. Why? They're not coming to a country. They're coming to a dream. You get that? It's not the land. It's, it's a dream that, I mean, they just picked up the, they, they were picking up people from Eastern Europe. And so, I mean, they're just coming by the thousands now, whatever, you know, the borders are open, whatever. I'm not going to go down that path. My point of, of, of the statement I'm saying is, think about the foundations of America. Think about what this nation was built upon, you know, the pursuit of happiness, you know, the American dream, the foundation of God, the foundation of marriage the foundation of morality and values. All that is being ripped up. And once it's ripped out, you will not recognize America. Uh, ever be, again. I mean, that's what's going on right now. And next time you have a chance to vote, you better pray about your vote. Because that's the only thing that's going to bring this thing back somewhere. It's not about Republican. It's about you voting the way God would vote. And I've had a lot of people leave the church because I say that. And you know what about that? I really don't care. Because when I get to heaven, I am not going to be responsible that I partnered up with people that murder babies in the eyes of God. That's a partnership. I don't, you know, take however you want to. But, here, you know, we're talking about foundation. <laughs> don't, don't forget what we're talking about. And the foundations are being destroyed. Now, if you look at the, you know, okay, so you look at the, you know, the government, the American value system, that's all being ripped to pieces, you know. But then you move it into the, into the church or, or, or to Christianity. And, and we begin to look at, at what is it. Well, we've got to be careful here now because now we've got to make sure we have the right foundations before we make any judgments on what Christianity is or, is, is or isn't or should be. Right? You all still tracking with me? I'm, I'm kind of like, I know I'm all over the map, but you're going to get this once I put it all together. Give me the next one, RJ, so, so I don't, I'm losing some of them. Okay. Let's bring it home. 
Because I want you to have a, a, a real, just a, a quick spirit check so we can start breaking this thing down. Why is this important? Four signs that you're missing a base foundation for peace. Remember what this was about? About pursuing peace. It wasn't about happiness. It was about seeking that place of, of serenity where you and God, you and your family, you know, that's what Hebrew says, pursue peace. So four signs that you're missing a base foundation for peace is number one, as a Christian, this is a, a, que- a question to Christians, somebody that has given their life to God, do you feel lost in life with a lack of focus and care? I'm, you know, I'm sure we do. We go through seasons. But if it's a consistent thing, as a believer, we need a foundation check. You've stopped taking care of yourself physically and emotionally. As, and I'm going to keep saying as a believer, as a believer. Because as a believer, these are the checks that say something's wrong on the foundation. Amen? There are cracks in the foundation. You know, you feel a sense of dread and agitation for where you are and who you are with. In other words, you, you, you're just not comfortable anywhere. You're not comfortable in any social settings. You're not comfortable in church settings. You're just not comfortable even by yourself because you can't even stand yourself. Don't raise your hand. Somebody asks me, says, who helps you when you're working? I say, well, it's me, myself, and I, but sometimes I, we just get really mad at him. We don't even talk to him all day. Um, you have ongoing ailments. This is interesting. And drained energy. You say, well, Pastor, that's not, that's not, that's, that sounds too medical. Wait a minute. It's all connected. <laughs> you know, we have a doctor in the house. You know, he, he'll tell you it's all connected. You can't have... You cannot have a destructive lifestyle and expect to feel good emotionally, right? And these are things I think, again, where, where do you come up with all this, Pastor? I, it's just, I go through my inventory of my life, and I went through all this stuff. Even, you know, even recently, I've, I'm, I've gone through some things. And there were areas of my life where I had to take responsibility. Yeah, I know y'all don't like that word, but... You know, there's places in your life where you say, you know, yalubo, right? <laughs> and that's, the, that's where I'm at because I say, what are the foundations that I have not established correctly? And now my life, it seems like I'm always struggling with the same things over and over and over. And I'm not talking about struggling for something for a week. I'm talking struggling for something for years and years and years. And this is, well, why can't we resolve? Why can't we beat this thing? Well, you know, Jesus says your foundations are, are, are vital, okay? Give me, and now let's, let's move into some of this. Give me the next one, RJ. Before you can build anything. Right, Joe? You got to clean the land. As a contractor, we know that, right? I mean, somebody says, I want to build a house, and it's full of monte. You got to knock the monte down, right? I want you to think about this, because we're going to talk about foundation building. And I know this would have been a great series, but it's just going to be one service, so you're going to have to get it all. Foundation building on purpose. In other words, to look at your life and say, not only a, a, you know, a generic Christian approach to say, okay, I'm going to build my life on the rock, which is Jesus, and everything's going to be fine, but really get specific about areas of your life. Say, okay, what area of my life have I not built on that foundation? Because we know, we, you know, Christians, we, we pick and choose, you know? I like this scripture. I don't like that one. You know, I like the healing scripture. I don't like the giving scripture. Se acabaron los amenes, all right? You know, I like, you know, I like, Lord, bless me, but I don't like bless somebody. All right? So, you know, we go through these things. But here's the question. Before you can build a foundation, there has to be a cleansing. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to put a whole bunch of scriptures, but there's a lot of them. The one, the one that came, comes to mind, and I wasn't going to put up there, but just because of time I didn't, is the one that says, you know, that, and I lose paraphrase, that 
God has to break the followed ground before he can do anything. And, and as believers, I'm, I'm talking about somebody who's been doing this a long time. Because this is usually the pattern that I see in my life and a lot of believers. You come to Jesus, you're super excited. It's like, oh, Jesus, I love your life is great. Even though your natural life's a mess, it doesn't matter because your spiritual life is greater. Well, as you be, you, then you become a professional Christian. Start going to church, start hanging around a bunch of negative, depressed Christians, so they, that rubs on you. And that joy and that, that, that excitement that you have, and then what happens when you start running around with Christians, if you're not careful, pretty soon you think that whatever they're doing is the right thing to do. And now you've got a lot of stuff now in your foundation that's not supposed to be there, right at the beginning. Crazy stuff. You know, like the sermon, you know, my wife couldn't get a healing in her body for seven years because somebody convinced her that maybe God was trying to teach her something in the church. Think about that. Well, maybe God's trying to teach some of that sickness. So do you ask for healing or you don't? Because if God sent it, you shouldn't ask for healing. Hello, right? That, that confusion will stop the move of God in your life. That's a foundation that is skewed. Same church, moved in the spirit of God. So, okay, so they had good stuff. But it, with, even with the good stuff, there was some, you know, if I can use this pr- phrase, there were some snakes in the playground. And that's every church, including ours. I mean, if you, you say, well, I, I, I need to find the perfect church. Well, when you find it, it won't be perfect anymore because you're there. <laughs> just saying. But here's where, it, where, here's where just all this stuff becomes clear honesty with you and God. Not you and pastor, not you and faith, but you and God. What areas of your land, before we, go, before, we, before we even start about foundation, has God already dealt with you about, you need to get rid of it. You need to stop it. You need to fix it. Because there's no foundation building until the land is clean. And, and, and it says, well, Pastor, that's really difficult. No, it isn't, because it's all built on grace. Even if you don't feel any different, you just got to be honest about where you're at. You got to be honest about everything where you're at. You and God by yourself, you know. This is where I'm at, God, and, and, I, and my foundations are, 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 have been shaken in this area, or they're not even correct. So I want to go, first step, if you're here to learn this morning, first step is you go to God and say, all right, Lord, what needs to go? What needs to go? Just you and me. This is not a churchy thing, just me and me, God. What needs to go? And then you begin to practice. Well, maybe you, maybe you cuss too much. Okay, then you practice not cussing, and then you miss it here and there. Well, then maybe one, one flies out, okay? You work on it a little more. Oh, come on, y'all look so sanctified. Come on. Jeez. Oh, you know, Christians were so... One day I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to quit the ministry. No, just kidding. <laughs> we got Christian cussing words. And then we think it's okay, even though it's the same thing. Like freaking, right? Should we go down that path? No. You know what I'm saying? We make up words. Shoot! Son of a biscuit. <laughs> you thought I was going to say it, right? <laughs> Whoa, pastor, don't say that. My only point of that is the ridiculousness in the eyes of God. Because, Yanis, in our heart, we still said it. Right? In our heart, we still meant... Does that mean... No, God loves you beyond all these dumb things. He knows we're stupid. Thank you, Jesus. We need help. But my point is, if we don't recognize the foundations of little tiny things, 
Because I, I, I'm seriously, I, I just have this, it's not a vision, it's just my inner image of me and the dumb things that I do, and God just scratches his head like, te chavo, you know? <laughs> I think he'd get it by now, right? But guess what? He still loves me through that. And he still puts up with me, amen? So think about some of this stuff. Think about how you treat your wife, how you treat your kids. How do you re- react to anger? How do you react to bad news? How do you react to good news? You know, different things in your life that may be God is saying, we can't really start a solid foundation of good things till we clear some of this other stuff up. So I don't want to, you know, that, that would, that, that's a lot of teaching that we could dig because there's a lot of teaching on this. But my point is just simple recognition. And if you're honest, God will tell you in a very sweet way. He does it with me all the time. You know, all week, every week, all the time. Like the other day, what was it? Just something didn't go my way, and I could feel the jalapeno and the Tabasco sauce and all coming up. And I was about to go where a place where I'm not supposed to go, which is anger. Well, guess what? That doesn't, you, don't, you don't just get to that. You got to practice that year in, year out, year in. And pretty soon you begin to recognize it. Before, I couldn't even recognize it, so yay, I feel good, right? But you see it, and you're like, okay, okay, that's the Jesus principle that you're teaching your church, so you better start, and, and, you know, and then you just reel it back, and guess what? The Spirit of God is right there, and you don't have to get angry. But you see, if we're not careful, if we don't have those, those, those parts of God's Word firmly established as a foundation, because here's, here's, you know, I'm kind of, maybe I should insert this point here or not, but I want you to think about any, any sport, um, if you like Major League Baseball, NFL, soccer, whatever, any sport you think. What you're, what you're seeing, for, and I'll just use NFL, what you're seeing on a football field, you know, Sunday, pro football, are people that have mastered the fundamentals. You're seeing the same thing that they're teaching Pop Warner. Pay attention. Because this is an important point. I, I heard this years and years ago from, from I, I forget who it was, but it, it really impacted me what I'm saying. So it's not my thought. It's just something I heard. It. He says, so you're seeing people that have mastered what? The basics. The fundamentals. The foundations of the sport. They have mastered it. But it's the same thing that they were doing at T-ball. Amen? So as a believer... We have to really think about what are the simple, basic foundations of this. And the number one is love. Nothing happens with God if love is not the foundation. So if, if that is a foundation settled, watch, this is going to help you. Now, you, because this is a struggle of Christians. I don't know how you are, but I, I mean, I've struggled with this my whole life, and I'm trying to beat it, is that you live in almost like a constant condemnation about your daily life because the foundations in your childhood were miscued. No hagas eso porque Diosito te va a castigar. For example, how many heard that? Raise your hands. I did. And if you were English, you probably heard something different, right? Jesus is watching you. You better not do that. You know? Those things now get bred in the heart of a a little kid, and now he's scared of God. So now the foundation of love is a little twisted, right? You see it? So the foundation of love is just, I love you. There is no strings attached to God's love. But we keep adding, right? If you don't behave, Damien, if you don't do this. So we start adding, adding, adding. So I want you to think about it. I don't want to spend a lot of time, but what things even within religion, by our parents, by culture, by faith way, it doesn't matter where you got it, now have become 
a tradition that is not really founded on the things of God. Think about that. All right, give me the next one. So you've got to remove the toxic thinking by refocusing back on the basics. That's the only way you can, you can fix the foundation. You know, I've been involved in my life in a few foundation repair projects, and I was involved in big foundation settings, even in, in Mexico, huge, ginorma, if I say ginorma, it's not a word, but gig, a lot of concrete, you know, pours, four-day pours, day and night, gigantic foundations. And then it was all covered up, you didn't see nothing, and there was one little thing on top of you. I wonder where that's at. Why, you know, why would it need that whole thing? Well, the thing is, the biggest problem we have in church, and some of it's created by the church, is toxic thinking. Toxic thinking, number one, about God. Toxic thinking about, you know, what is church, what isn't church. Toxic thinking about, you know, your relationships in church. Toxic thinking about everything. And here we come, right? We come, Jesus. And I'll tell you, grace is amazing and God loves you. But the foundations of God are very simple. Number one foundation is love. Everybody say love. So anything else God is going to interact with you has to be on that. So that's why Paul had a very clear understanding of this because he would say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He wasn't just referring to being in him. He was referring to being in that love of God. Amen? And again, those of you that are parents, those of you that are grandparents and you're normal, you don't, re- you don't disown your kids because they misbehave. Oh, geez, nobody agreed with that. All right. <laughs> Let me help you, Herbert Miller. You shouldn't disown your kids. Come on, you know, your child might make you upset. He might make you cry. He might break your heart, but you don't throw him away. Some of you are like, oh, I didn't know that. I should have done that. (laughs) What do you think God's reaction is to us? The foundation is love, people. Never, ever run from God. Always run towards him. Because everything in your life is trying to push push you away, push you away, push you away, push you away. You know, there's really no other foundation I mean, you can build on top of the foundation of love, but there really is no other foundation at the bottom of love. That's the cornerstone that is referred to from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Let's go. Give me the next one, RJ. I'm just going to go through this. Look at Mark 7, 13. And this is, I believe, the Passion Translation, and then I'll, I'll read Romans. Well, there's two points. I should have put a space up. Sorry about that. Number one, twisted foundations, religion. Wow, could I spend a lot of time on this one. Mark 7, 13 says, Do you really think God will honor your traditions passed down to others, making up rules that nullify God's words, and you're doing many other similar things? So number one here, he talks about religion. And again, we could have spent a lot of time on this point, and that's not the, you know, the scope of this message, but boy, if something has damaged Christianity, it has been religion. I was talking to church in Laredo last week about some, you know, Things I'm not sorry, not church. We're talking in our leadership meeting about some of these things, you know. And and the church, as we know it, this this didn't even get started till the year 1300. <laughs> Think about that, you know. For 1300 years, even though three three, you know, in the year 313 and between 13 and 26, whatever, that's when the the church got organized, or in other words, when Christianity became legal. It was illegal, and you were murdered for it. But it took a 1300 years to organize it in a church setting. And we adopted it. And we're still doing the same thing. But guess what? This is not really... The, the, the exact setting we have, you can't find that in the Bible. That's interesting, right? So, I mean, it's a good model. It works. It helps us. I, I talk to you. You listen. You come to a building. That's fine. But if you really look at the church model, the church was a completely different, you know, 
type of machine. It was out on the streets. It was doing stuff. Well, we, we changed that. And then what did we add? Traditions, 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 traditions. Why? Because that's the only way you get people to come to church. Amen? And condemnation. Traditions and condemnation. You, you, and I don't care what church brand you use, they'll put both. If, if the church is failing, you'll see these things. Or maybe they'll build a huge church on this. Because here, here's the thing that we, you know, we have to understand. I've been doing this a long time. And I've seen a lot of things, and I have my, if you went to my philosophy of Christianity that, ha- that has come to me, not by a book, but it's come to me by analyzing, you know, 28 years of ministry. And you begin to see this, this whole idea of religion and traditions, and you get it right inside the church, too. Because it's easy to say, well, for example, and to all my Catholic brothers, I'm not picking on you, but evangelicals are really easy to say, oh, look at the Catholic. Really? I would say to you, look at the evangelicals. I'm one, but look at us. Because we fill this thing up with all kinds of crazy, funky traditions and, and things that really are not lining up to the Word of God, or in other words, there, there's no evidence. Because I'll, I'll show you something where one church says, you know, you have to come to church because if you don't come to church, you know, gods will be angry at you, which is taught in different ways. The next church is built on we could, we could move it to the, we, we could go to the extreme and say, okay, let's go to a charismatic church. We're charismatic. I believe in the filling of the Holy Spirit. I just don't believe in the maniac part of it. Well, some people say, that's the Spirit of God. Okay, that's between you and God. But I've seen too many things to see a lot of things that weren't the Spirit of God. And you create, watch, a tradition that if people don't come up and get prayed for and let their laid hands on them and they don't fall out, they didn't get nothing from the Lord. You can create a tradition of that. And if you've been around those kind of churches, that's a tradition. They, they've, they've perfected the art of falling. I'm not making fun of it. It's just, if it's the Lord, knock me down, Jesus. Pastors didn't like to pray for me because as soon as they lay my hands, I put my foot back. Let's do this, Jesus. Right, Betty? If it's Jesus, it's going to knock me down. But if it's you, you ain't, you ain't knocking me down. Put your hand as far. They push my head back. I just keep, come on, Lord, if it's you, I'm falling. But if it's him, I'm not falling. Because that is traditions. So you can go from the person that has to have all the icons and all the little whatever to the super charismatic church that if you don't come up and if there's not administration every single service, people don't feel like they were in the presence of God. The problem is that they weren't in the presence of God. They were in the presence of aerobics and a workout. And what they felt wasn't the spirit. What they felt was adrenaline and endomorphins because they've been jumping up and down for two hours. They could do that at the Sumba, right? <laughs> and feel the same thing. Listen to me. We got to take some of these things and break them down because now that becomes a tradition. And then people are, are, are and they flock because they're, they're going, we got to go, we got to go. Please, Pastor, pray for me. I've been in these churches. Give me a word from the Lord. Do you have a prophecy for me? And they're all so addicted to this thing. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, if Jesus walked through the room, they wouldn't even notice him. Because they're so hungry for something that they think is supernatural, which is not. It's really just a bunch of emotional games that people are playing with you. Come on, guys. I've been into all these churches, man, and it's crazy the stuff they do. And they'll manipulate you into that. They'll manipulate you into giving money. They'll manipulate you into everything. But it's all emotional. Question, would that be a foundation? 
Of course not. We are emotional people. You've heard me preach this a lot. We have to carry our emotions properly. We have to manage our emotions. But we cannot depend on our emotions to say if God's in the room or not. Hello? Because if you're coming to church to feel something, that's dangerous. Because the devil can make you feel whatever you want to feel. Well, I went to church. I really didn't feel anything, really. Because I go to church to get a word. Maybe if it's only one. Maybe it's just one idea. I don't go to church. Sometimes I'll go to these meetings. I don't remember the whole message, but I remember that one sentence that was for me. Are you here? The one phrase the preacher said, the one idea of an hour sermon that was for me. I, could, I can't tell you what else he preached, but that one rhema word, bam, hit me in, the, in my spirit, and it made me better because of it. But it stretched me to take control over the situations in my life. Not religion, not emotions, not jumping up and down. Not, again, I don't care. I mean, you can be emotional with Jesus. It's fine. But if you think emotions and spirituality, being emotional is going to connect you to spirituality, that's, boy, you're off. What's going to get you is the word. The word brings everything. I was, I had a, I was talking to Marcos you know, down the phone. We had a great conversation, and we were just talking about praise and worship. And, and him as a praise and worship leader, he gets it. He says, there's no praise and worship if there's no word. I've been in churches where the praise and worship was the main point, the main plate. And it would last two hours, and they'd get everybody hyped up. And then when it came time to the word, it was like, you know, watered down soup. There was nothing there. No, the word produces the worship. The word produces the victory. The word produces, you know, the word's the one that gets you from, from a storm to peace. And the worship is great. And the pray, all these things that we do in church are great, but it's the, the foundation of the word. Not the foundation of faith way. Not the foundation of religion. Not the foundation of church. I'm telling you, the number two things that, 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 that messes up Christian foundations is religion, number one. And number two, culture. And I'm not really talking about world culture. I'm talking about sometimes church culture. Listen to Romans 12, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Now, when I read that from, from this translation, this is the Passion Translation, I believe, I had to stop for a minute because I've been reading this scripture for 27 years. I'll be honest. Come on, guys. This is the talk about correcting yourself. Think about this, Dion. I've been... You're not, you know, you're, you're tracking, so I know what you're saying. I've been reading the scripture, and it, I, it was always seen in the context of the world. But then this morning, I don't know if it's just insight that God gave me, or it happened this morning. I, I was rereading, because I, I preached this sermon to myself like 40 times before I preach it to you. No, not really, but I go over it and go over it and go over it, and then it never comes out the way I went over it. But I saw this. I said, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. And then I got to thinking, most Christians... Not everybody, but we, once we give our life to Jesus, I'll speak for my life and my family. We didn't, we didn't go, we, we didn't make any decision like, okay, this is the way. We just kind of knew that, you know, we're believers. We don't do this anymore. We don't do that anymore. We don't watch that anymore. You know, little things like that. We, we try to raise our kids a certain way. Certain programs are not allowed. You know what I'm talking. Not we or not, but I began to see, and this is what I saw, Dion, I saw what about imitating the culture of Christianity? That's what I said. I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. If that's you, thank you. If it's not, get it out of my head because it got me to think of something else. Because he's saying, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. He's not, 
in, in at least the Passion Translation, he's not necessarily referring just to the world. It is part of the world. He's referring to the culture of the world. But what happens if the cult, because our culture is not really the world anymore. Our culture is Christianity, right, Denise? I mean, that's who we are. That's who we hang out with. We speak Christianese and everything, right? We got a Bible with our name on it. We got a bumper sticker. We got it all. But what happens if the culture around us, the Christian culture that has been created around us over 2,000 years, and the current culture of Christianity around us, is not the one we're supposed to be tracking? I mean, just a question. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that we do as that we call church that you don't find in the Bible. Amen. And, and, that, and this is a place where you got, because the foundation, remember the foundations, because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch a foundation that might bother you, the foundation of your belief. Are you believing what you believe because of culture, even if it's faithway culture, or are you believing what you believe because you and God had a revelation moment on this? Because this is, you know, I can tell you something that happened in my life of something that God showed me and I stepped out in it. But, and then you might say, wow, that's good. I'm going to do the same thing. And that's where it gets weird because if God, you know, for example, and, and you know, he's done it before, God will say, I want you to give your car away, for example, to a certain person. We've done, we've given cars to missionaries and all kinds of stuff. Well, if he speaks to me about that, and I know it's his voice, I have no problem with it. And let's just say I just happened to share that story, but that's my story, right? That was between me and the Lord. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to give my car away. And then you give it, and now you're walking. And now you're mad at me. You're mad at God. You're mad at Faithway. But that was never intended for you. My point of this, this thing is we have to be careful not to imitate Christianisms of any kind in your personal life. This is where, this is where it begins to get real because does God talk to you? Don't answer that. I mean, the answer should be yes. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to hear God. Well, you need to start listening because he talks to everybody all the time. You don't have to be a preacher to hear God, trust me. He talks to heathens. He talks to ungodly people. You don't think he's going to talk to you? <laughs> I mean, you probably don't want to hear what he tells ungodly people, but my point is, have we adopted culture as a foundation? And it has nothing to do with what God's trying to do. Okay, keep reading now. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of what? How you so now we got uh, the, the middleman, if I can say the middleman, because the soul is the connector between the flesh and the spirit, right? You got spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. And what he's telling you right now says, where you need to fix some of these foundations, where you really need to have a strong foundation, is in the reformation of your thinking. And that includes everything, church. Wow. Especially religion. Especially churchy things. Especially the way we do things. Especially the way we think things are supposed to be done. Because he's telling you, you've got to change the way you think. So, Pastor, how do I do it? Well, he tells you right there. He says, 
this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So really, the, what, what you're trying to pursue in your foundations, no, number one foundation, we're almost done, is love. You got that. That foundation, to me, pretty much settles a lot. Then we just have to recognize, yes, the church does a lot of good things. But be careful not to exercise faith in things that were created by culture and not by God. Let me say that again. Make sure to exercise faith by things that God said, not by things that were taught to you by culture in Christianity, whatever that culture could be. You know, there's some churches that say, well, this is the way it is. There's some churches that say, that's the way it is. And some churches say, it's the way you're supposed to dress. And you're supposed to, whatever. My point is, you need to check all your foundations. That's it. Including this one. I would challenge you to check our foundations because I don't want to be that preacher. I don't, you know, one thing I really want to be, I told Monica this morning, where says, our goal is to help you. That's it. There's no other agenda. Trust me, I'm not getting rich from this. So there's no other agenda. Money's not the agenda. What's the agenda then? That you would have a working understanding of who the Spirit of God is. That's it. That he's not weird. He's there. And the Jesus principle, as we begin to summarize this, I've got a couple more slides, but as you begin to summarize, the Jesus principle is simply to enjoy this journey with the number one foundation, which is the love of God, right? And let the love fix your bad. Let the love fix the negative. Let the love fix the... You know, the dark things in your life. Give me the, give me the other one, RJ. I think we're almost done. I've got a couple more. Hebrews 11.10. This is so good. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. I like that last line. And I think that really should be our life. That, that should be our pursuit of our home. It should be the pursuit of this church. But, you know, at the, at the very least, it should be the pursuit of your heart. At the very least, a heart, I'm not going to say city, a heart, a soul designed and built by God. Imagine that. Not by religion, not by traditions, not by what the preacher said. No. A foundation in your life that's designed and built by God. Okay, let, let me help you just, just to get a reaction what if you were going to start a business like this? Imagine that. There's no way that business can fail if it's, if it's done under that context, right? I mean, you might not be a good business person. You might fail it. <laughs> but a business designed and built by God. What about a home? What about a marriage? What about raising your kids? I mean, you can bring everything about life into this one little idea. And the only way you can have that foundation is clarity. Clarity of who God is and clarity of what the expectation of God is in your life. Remember this, Jesus came for sinners. He didn't come for perfects. Uh-huh. Because if you're not careful, religion is all about being perfect. And everything they teach is about more perfection. You've know, got it cleaner, 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 cleaner. And, I, and I'm all for holiness. Don't misunderstand me. But God knew our condition when he showed up. Amen. Jesus died for a, for a broken condition. He didn't die for a, for a healthy condition. That's a foundation. So I have no reason to be weird or scared of whatever Jesus' interaction is with me now. And wherever you are in life, if you're still struggling with addictions, if you're still struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with 
with immorality. I, don't, don't beat yourself up. Go to God with it. Because he, he already knows everything that's going on in your life. He's just waiting for, for the invitation to begin help you resolve it. That's all he's waiting for. It's, it's the invitation to help you resolve it. Those are the foundations we're talking about. The foundation of pure, unconditional love. Amen? And I like this because I, I, I look at the scripture, and I know it's, you know it's in the context of a chapter of faith, but really, look at your life. And, and if, if your life wasn't a city, if it just said a life, what would it look like to say, you know, put your name, and I would read it. Go ahead, you put your name, and we're going to read it together. Ready? Read. Calvin, don't say Calvin, say your name. Come on, be obedient. Was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city, or how about a life, because you're not a city, a life designed and built by God. Not by church, not by a preacher, not by religion, not by a manual, not by the ten steps to the four steps to the five steps. A life built by God. Think about That's the foundation. So you got the foundation of love, which is God. Love is not a feeling for God, it's Him. And now you begin to build on there that he knows he died for me when I was a sinner. So any other interaction I have from this point forward is going to be good. And I have no reason to hide. I have no reason to, you know, take those dark areas of my life and stuff them away like they're not real because I can be completely open with God now because love is pure. Isn't that good? This is so good. I mean, I'm getting a lot of it. Give me the other one, RJ. We're almost done. Building the right foundations. <laughs> this is... I didn't even add scriptures. Number one, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, you've got to keep it fed. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Your daily intake of word is vital to create a healthy foundation. That's what Jesus said. The man that built his house upon the rock. Remember that? Daily intake. And, don't, and, I, and, I, and whatever that means to you, I could say, well, read this devotional. There's a, no. Whatever that means to you. For one person, it might be a 15-minute prayer. For another person, it might be read three chapters from a good Christian book. It doesn't matter. For another person, it might be just go to work listening to, to a sermon. For another person, it might be praise and worship. For another person, it might be full silence. That's usually me. A lot of, it, my medita- a lot of my meditations are full silence. I'm not reading. I'm just driving, and I'm thinking, and I'm trying to have a conversation if I can with God. But you have to have a daily thing. Number two, the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You know, the right foundations in your mind. You, you, you know, again, all these, I'm going real fast now, but all these, you can break them down to things, practice healthy thinking. Recognize toxic thinking. I mean, it's not that hard. Right? Kenneth Hagin said once, says, I can't keep the birds from flying over my head, but I can keep them from building nests in my hair. You can have a very ugly thought. You can have a very immoral thought. That doesn't mean it's your thought. Talk to me, church. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's your thought. That means the devil is trying to get you to buy something. That's why in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See how it lines up. So your soul is your responsibility. Your mind, you choose your thoughts. Your will you choose your, what you do with your will or what you don't do with your will. I will go to church. I will not go to church. I will look at this on the internet. I will not look at this on the internet. I will tell this lie. I will not tell it. You see how that works? All these are your areas. 
Now, God will support with spiritual strength if you're feeding it. But if you don't do that number one, that second one, you're going to have a hard time controlling any of that. That's why society's out of control. Look at the world, man. Everybody's so mad at everything, right? You know? Because there, there's nothing in the spirit. The spirit should be the number one priority in your life. Feed it. So when things happen in your mind, depressions, anxieties, anger, all these things, they have to have a foundation. Where to support themselves. If they don't have the foundation in the spirit, your soul has no strength. And then you end up with the body. I just put it, keep it healthy. (laughs) You know, whatever that means. Because your flesh really has nothing to say. The only problem is that flesh usually runs everybody's life. Right? What hits us from the outside, lust, anger, envy, it's all coming through the flesh, through the flesh, through the flesh, through the flesh. So if you have a strong foundation in your spirit, it transfers to a strong foundation in your soul, which in turn transfers into the evidence of God in your life. Amen? Is that, was that the last one, Archer? I think so. We got one more. 1 Corinthians 3, 10, 11. According to the grace of God given to me. I like this one. Like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it, but this is the one I want you to take out of that scripture. Let each one take care of how he builds on it. You are responsible for your foundation. Pastor Box is not responsible. The church is not responsible. You are responsible. And I just think if you're going to enjoy your Christian life, I think it's important to just have honest conversations with God. You know, we got to, you know, one of the things that I don't like about modern Christianity, again, is a lot of the the phoniness and the fake and the the fact that I talked about this last week, a couple weeks, that, that we're not really open as believers because we have to have this big, you know, show that we're, everything's fine. No, that's not, with God, you know, if you want to do that, I mean, that, that's between you and whoever, but, but with God, you have to know none of that. Completely open to God, and completely open to become a better human, right? Amen? Is that, is that the last one, RJ? I think so. Right, keep, Pastor Box, stop with your scriptures. Let me open my outline. They're all good, guys. Oh, it's only 11.14. You know why I finished early last week? Because that clock's off. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but anyway. <laughs> no, I was, I was done. We still got some minutes. Let, let, let's finish this. Let's do it right. Let's do it right. Y'all bear with me. Oh, thank you. Help you, holy Jesus. Ba- back up. Are you already there? Back up to the other one real quick. Okay, no, that's fine. Sorry, RJ. I just wanted to pull something. Okay, give me the one Isaiah, and then we'll... We just got one more comment and we'll be done. Go, go to the next one out there. The responsibility, here we go, to pass this thing forward. This is the one that, as I was preparing this, I got all, all teary-eyed because I'm thinking, now I got four grandkids. Ah, right? <laughs> you got you to keep moving it, you know? But this is so important. Parents, listen to me. Parents, listen. You know, bringing your kids to, to church, teaching them, praying over your food, little things that, praying for them, you know, tucking them in bed at night and praying for them. Praying for them before you drop them off at school. You know, sharing your testimonies, sharing your struggles and how God influenced it. It is so important in today because this is, this is one of the... Isaiah 58, 12 says this. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of what? 
of many generations. You shall be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Now, this is applied prophetically. You know, you will say, well, I'm not pulling it out of context. What I'm trying to pull out of this is the point of the generations. And it is so, I mean, most of you probably experience it. But to me, it's really a joy to see it, um, especially now in, the, in, this, in this season of my life, you know, with my grandson that how, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying, you know, he's a kid, he's an 11-year-old, he gets in trouble, and he, you know, like every other 11-year-old, but he stands out different from other kids. Not that he's better, but you see the foundations. Right? You see the foundation in your kids. You see these kids. I mean, some of these kids, my gosh, it's like, you know, they're raised by whoops or what, right? I mean, they're wild as they come, and I feel, and my heart breaks for them because a the kid is just a kid, right? They're not bad or good. It's just the foundation of what was at home made them the way they are. And, and it's so easy to track that you see it. And I'm not saying, I'm, my expectations from any Christian kid is never to, for them to be perfect. Are you kidding me? But the foundation's there. And you as a parent, when your kids go off to college, guess what you're going to have to believe? That you set the right foundations. Because it's, it's up to them and God now. You, you have very limited control on what decisions they can make. You know, while they're still under your roof, you can take their phone away and all that kind of stuff you all do. But once they go to college, you're just going to say, Lord, I pray I, did the, I pray I did my job of that. Amen. Make sure, and I'm done, make sure your foundations are solid. I hope this series helped you guys on the Jesus principle. Check, recheck, and adjust every time. Amen. All right. Stand to your feet. We're done. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. My prayer, you know, you, maybe you need to pray your prayer, but I'll pray a cover prayer for all of us. But really the prayer is very simple. It says, Lord, show me. Show me where, the, bre- you know, where, where the, the foundation has cracked. Show me where I need to repair. Show me where I need to be a better human. Father, we just thank you as, as we close our series. And Lord, wow, what, what a track. Father, not just this series because it was completely connected to the last one, but we've learned, we've grown. And Father, my prayer this afternoon for everyone, listen to me, our online church, those here in the building, Father, is that we really can look at the foundations of who we are as believers, who we are as parents, who we are as leaders, who we are as business owners. But, Father, first and foremost, who we are as Christians, that the foundations are simple, the foundations aren't complicated, that we don't need all the religion that has been shoved down our throats. We don't need all these things. And, Lord, help us pick the right things, that this foundation will be built, Father, and will be transferred to our kids. That, Father, we see generations that are going completely insane. We saw what happened a couple weeks ago in Houston. It was so sad, so tragic, Father, of kids lost into darkness, kids lost into confusion, and and the, the kids that lost their lives. And, Lord, we see generations that have no context. But, Father, we don't have to be like that, and our families don't have to be like that. And I pray, God, right now that for all... Come on, pray for your kids. I really felt right now. Pray for all your kids. Pray for them by name. They might be deal- even if they if they if they have their own thing going on. Father, I lift up my family. You, you really prompted. Come on, church, do this. We lift up our families. I lift up my son, my daughter. I lift up all my grandkids, and I just thank you, Lord. I lift up my wife, and you blessed us. And and Lord, yes, we've come through some storms, and we're going through some as we speak. But Father, we know that the foundation cannot be shaken because there's a hurricane on top. Remember that, church. We lift up all our kids, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Father, I pray, I just thank you that right now I look at, Monica and I look at our family, and it's probably the best season we have lived ever. 
But Father, I pray for those families that maybe they're struggling, that there's some kids still running from God. Father, but right now they settle in peace and they know that every one of their loved ones will be in heaven the day it counts. And I just give you glory and praise, Father, that our foundations remove the cobwebs, remove the traditional thinking, remove the, the, the religious ideas that we just embraced thinking it was truth and now we see that it wasn't. Remove the, help us, if nothing else, to recognize, God, the simplicity of this thing. For God so loved the world. That's it. That's the simplicity of this message. That he gave his only begotten son. That's the foundation, church. And Lord, we just bless our kids. I bless their children, wherever they are in life, if they're on their own, if they're in college. Father, for those young ladies and young men that will be moving into university in the next few months, the next semester, Father, we did what we could, right, Lord? But Father, we believe that the foundations were solid, and we give you glory and praise, and we just believe, Father, as we wrap up this year, as we head into this Thanksgiving week, we do want to take a moment. Why don't you take a moment to thank God right now? That we, are, we live in Thanksgiving. We don't just celebrate it once a, once a year. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you, Father, for doing things for us that sometimes we don't even expect you to do. And Lord, we don't understand so many things. The more we know, the less I understand about this whole thing. But I do know one thing, that your goodness is real. And we give you glory and praise this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can you give the Lord praise for that? That was good, right? Well, God bless you. You may be seated. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When you begin to um, take some of these things that we talked about and you begin really to see the track, things really become easy as far as decisions. And I, and I want to m- mention this because, you know, most of you know my heart in this. And I, and I think, like, I'm going back to some of the things we talked in our leadership meeting, but, you know, churches, the success of a church, you know, is, depends on a lot of things. Um, I guess the first thing you would have to define is what is success. That's hard to define. Because in God's eyes, success is every sinner that gives his life to Jesus. Right? So if you have a, a church of three people and every one of those is going to heaven, that's a successful church. Hello? If you have a church of 3,000 people and three people are going to heaven, you don't have a successful church. You just got a big church. Because what matters is that, right? The Bible says that heaven rejoices when a sinner repents. It doesn't say heaven rejoices when a sinner gets his house paid off. Nothing wrong with having a house paid off. That's nice. It doesn't say heaven rejoices when you get healed. Healing is nice. It doesn't say that. It says heaven rejoices when the sinner repents. Are you still with me? Think about this. So now the mission is really simple. The mission of Christ is very simple. Bring sinners to repentance and then he'll use us I'm, I'm being very you know I'm being 101 evangelism right but then the church needs a couple things to be able to accomplish that desire of God it needs people say amen people that means people that want to serve even if it's sacrifice because you're like how could I be helping in the nursery you're, you're, you're serving it doesn't matter you're serving God it doesn't matter what you're doing if you, if you look like coming to clean the church like wow what a privilege 
I get to clean the, God's house. You're serving. You're ushering. You're greeting. You're preaching. You're playing. You're serving. So that's vital. And then you're sharing, right? You're, and not, not being weird, right? Like, y'all going to hell, share. No, not that kind of share, but just loving people, being there for them, and eventually ask, how come you're like that? And they say, well, I got Jesus in my heart, and they're going to want your Jesus. That's wonderful. But the other one, you said the two keys, and I don't you know, Google it if you want. <laughs> so you have a, a church that its foundation is on God's word, on God's love. That's good. You got people serving, and then the big one, the big one, not the bigger, but just as big, is the resources. And what makes a church powerful is that, right? Because the capacity of, of faith is so connected to money, the capacity. I'm not talking in a bad way. That we do what we do exactly with the budget we have. Does that make sense? This is what we do. This is as far as we can go. But if this budget was like over there, oh no, this would be like a whole, because the the mechanics are there. From our ministry to the Navajo Nation, to Ukraine, to Cuba, to Mexico. I mean, there's a lot of work. But there's there's not money to do it. You see it? So we do what we do with what we can. So you, so you can have the people. And again, this is not about you all giving more or less. I'm just explaining how the system works. So you have people with vision. Great. Love Jesus. Then you got their resources. And they're, they're using their love for Jesus and their resources to do whatever. And that's where exactly where our church is. So whatever we're doing, that's exactly where we're at. But I want you to pray about this because guess what? This transfers directly into your house. The reason God wants you to get a hold of these principles is not... And, and this is where I really, even in our camp, it, it, it's coming down the pipe, trust me, probably next year. I, I'm going to kind of address some of these things, the, the, the schemes, the scams, the, the phony. The, that just stuff rubs me so bad to the point that you almost don't even want to talk about money because people are, have been rubbed so bad the wrong way so long. They're like, oh, here we go with the money thing. No. I would challenge you. And this is how confident I am in my God that you don't give a penny today if you're not comfortable with anything I'm saying. Not a penny, not a cent. Because God, God is looking for some kind of giving, and it's called cheerfulness. But cheerfulness giving doesn't come because you're giving it away. Cheerfulness giving comes because you understand the purpose of what you're doing. There's cheer in the purpose. If I say, give me $100, you're going to go like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. But if I say, give me $100 because there's a family down the street that we're going to be able to feed them. They're not going to eat if we don't give them 100 Oh, you see the difference? I gave you purpose. Now your money is traveling with purpose. But if I just say, give me $100... You might give it to him because, like, well, I don't know why Pastor on Toronto. Okay, I'll give it. Hope he pays me back. You know. Remember that. Before you ever give a cent to any ministry, including this one, think about this purpose. Because I'm, I'm really talking about two things. I'm challenging you, some of you to get off. Oh, fix it, Pastor. The chair. I was going to say something else. And get involved with the nursery, and get involved with children's church, and get involved with anything. You know, if you, if you have musical abilities that somebody said, did you have musical abilities? Don't, just because you think you have musical abilities means you have musical abilities. All right, that's all I'm going to say. But we need everybody. Amen? We need everybody. So think about that. You know, Faithway does what it does to the point where it is. We are, we are we're at a point of influence because of the people that serve, and we are at the point of influence because of the resources. More people serve, more resources, more influence. Amen? There's the information on the screen if you need an envelope for your giving. 
There should be one near you, or raise your hands. Oh, you got it? Nobody needs envelope? Just raise your hand if you need an envelope. I guess not, right? Y'all can go home now. <laughs> All right, let's stand. I'll get you out of here today. It's great to see everybody. And um, we'll be back here next week. You guys enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend with your family. And make sure before y'all destroy that turkey, y'all thank God for all the goodness that he's done. And thank God that two years after pandemic and we're still here, huh? We're here. Some of some went with the Lord, but you're still, there's a lot of things to be thankful. Um, if you start with the smallest things, it'll grow from there. It's like, Lord, whew, thank you. I breathe today. <laughs> start with that, Father. Thank you, Lord. We want to take a moment, Lord, as we celebrate this Thanksgiving week. And Lord, this is not the only time. We are a people that is eternally grateful. Father, as they bring their tithes and offerings, as the online church does the same, Father, Father, let them listen to the heart of what I said, that this is about purpose. This is about influence. This is not about money. This is not about anything else, Father. I just thank you for all the support. I thank you for all the seeds that are sown in obedience and love. But I do thank you, Lord, for the influence that Faithway is continuing to have into other nations, into other regions. Father, I, I speak covenant protection to all the people that are traveling this week up and down the highways. Some are flying. But, Father that everyone has safe travels, that has a great time with their families, and that through this week, Father, you will be glorified every, everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, with that, you are dismissed. It's great to see you guys. God bless you. And enjoy your turkey.